traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop... Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. No, really, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISL.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Aeolian to Xonophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. With April 1st coming up in a few days, on this week's edition of the show, we've got some rapidly rotating records about April, as well as Fools, Foolishness, and Tomfoolery. We'll do a bit of struggling and celebrate Frankie Carl's birthday. But first, for no other reason than I like climbing into the echo chamber here in the studio, it's time for another episode of one, one thing, thing in, in common. common. You know, that's where we play a set of rapidly rotating records which seemingly have nothing whatsoever to do with each other, yet have one, one thing, thing in, in common. common. This time, it will take no thought at all to figure out the common thread. Here are the Virginians.
will be so soon that you quite forget me. This I'll impart to you, for it's now or never. I'd give my heart to you forever. You wouldn't fool me, would you? You shouldn't fool me, should you? Could you be true now, could you? Or would you want someone new? Don't let me think I own you. Then make me wish I'd never, never known you. You wouldn't fool me, would you? Because I'm not fooling you. an awful surprise You'll meet someone who won't let you pull the wool over their eyes Cause you can't fool all 
love the people all of the time Cause you'll be sorry in the end and you won't have a friend Oh, sorry in the end, won't have a friend, 1999. Jimmy Lunsford and his orchestra, with You Can Fool Some of the People Some of the Time, from Vocalion 5156, recorded September 14, 1939. The vocalist is Jimmy Young, better known as Trummy Young, trombonist in the band. He made a couple dozen records with Lunsford, but many more with Louis Armstrong in the 1950s. You Can Fool Some of the People was written by Leonard Feather, who I remember in the 60s and 70s as a jazz critic for the Los Angeles Times and host of the Leonard Feather Show on KUSC in Los Angeles and Leonard will be getting his very own birthday segment on the September 19th show. Before that, Miss Annette Hanshaw asking the musical question, You wouldn't fool me, would you? Recorded March 15th, 1929. You Wouldn't Fool Me, Would You? was written by De Silva, Brown, and Henderson for the two-act musical Follow Through, which opened at Chainin's 48th Street Theater on January 9th, 1929, and ran for just under a year, racking up 401 performances. The label of Columbia 1769-D makes note of the novelty accompaniment, probably provided by Mike Moziello, Andy Sinella, Ben Selvin, Rube Bloom, Joe Tardo, and an unidentified guitarist. We started off with the Virginians under the direction of Ross Gorman and Who Did You Fool After All? Victor Batwing 19001 was recorded December 1st, 1922. Who Did You Fool After All? was written by Gus Van and Joe Skank, names you've heard on the show before, and Johnny S. Black, who's only been mentioned once on the show. That will change on October 3rd when he gets his own birthday segment. So, what do these three records have in common? Well, being fooled, of course. But you're probably too smart to be fooled. Thanks for playing One One Thing thing in in common. common. I'm Glenn Robison, no foolin', And you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s on Island Radio, KISL Avalon. Back on the January 3rd show, I played It's a Whole New Thing, performed by Frankie Carl, which led me to realize he hasn't had his own birthday segment. Until now. Last week... March 25th marked the birth in 1903 in Providence, Rhode Island of Francesco Nunzio Carleone. You know him better as the wizard of the keyboard, Frankie Carl, with an E. He got his musical start with help from his uncle, Nicholas Colangelo, and joined his uncle's band as a teenager in 1916, as well as playing in other bands around Rhode Island. He joined Mal Hallett's orchestra in 1934 and later became co-leader of Horace Heights' band, before forming his own orchestra, which featured the voice of his daughter, Marjorie Hughes. During World War II, Carl made a number of V-discs for the U.S. War Department and was heard regularly on radio, on shows including The Old Gold Show and Chesterfield Supper Club. He disbanded in 1955, but continued performing as a soloist into the 1980s. Frankie Carl has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 1751 Hollywood Boulevard.
He died in Mesa, Arizona on March 7, 2001, and is buried not far from here at Forest Lawn in the Hollywood Hills. Here are three from Frankie Carl.
Well, you just heard one of the reasons Frankie Carl earned the sobriquet Wizard of the Keyboard. That was The Doll Dance, written by Nacio Herb Brown, recorded January 3rd, 1938. It was released as a single on Decca 1623 and as part of a four-disc album. It was also included on a 1958 Victor 12-inch LP titled Frankie Carl and His Beautiful Dolls, which contained 13 tracks all having to do with dolls, such as Cupid Doll, China Doll, Rag Doll, The Syncopated Doll, and so on. The February 17, 1958 edition of Billboard noted that the album cover was suitable for display, as it pictured three real live dolls draped around the grand piano wearing gowns by designer Seal Chapman, and that it would be a good album for jocks, that is, radio DJs with adult audiences, to have. And, thanks to a certain internet auction site, I now have a copy of that LP on the way, for less than four bucks. Frankie Carl was also a composer. His most famous tune? Sunrise Serenade. It was his signature piece, first recorded by Glenn Gray and the Casaloma Orchestra, followed quickly by Glenn Miller and lots of other American bands. Several British bands also recorded it, including Joe Loss. We heard his July 17, 1939 concert version on Regal's Onophone, credited to Mel Rose and his orchestra. We started off with Frankie Carl and his orchestra in late 1945, featuring his daughter, Marjorie Hughes, singing the vocal chorus on Oh, What It Seemed to Be, written by George Weiss, Benny Benjamin, and Frankie Carl. I thought I was going to be able to play a vocal recording by Frankie Carl himself. According to the discography of American Historical Recordings, he was part of the vocal trio, along with Edwin J. McAnally and Frederick L. Wade, on take one of Just Across the River from Queens by Edwin J. McAnally's orchestra in 1927. I guess they didn't blend well enough, because that take was destroyed, and I don't find any other vocal recordings by Frankie Carl. Frederick L. Wade's solo performance on Take 3 was issued, and you can hear it on Rivermont Records CD of the complete recordings of Edwin J. McAnally's orchestra. It was the first CD put out by the Grammy-nominated label Rivermont Records, founded by my friend Brian Wright, and was remastered not too long ago and sounds even better. Please check it out and all the other vintage and contemporary recordings at rivermontrecords.com. Most of you know that Brian also hosts his own vintage music podcast, The Shellac Stack, and he listens to my show as I do to his. But to be clear, I'm Glenn Robison, and this is Rapidly Rotating Records. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. Last week, March 25th, marked the birth in 1882 in Slaithwaite, Yorkshire, England, of Hayden Wood. He was born into a musical family, his brother Clement was an innkeeper and conducted the local brass band, and his two older brothers were both professional musicians. Hayden first studied violin with his brother Harry, an orchestra conductor, and, recognized as a prodigy, he entered the Royal College of Music in London at age 15, studying violin,
piano, and composition. For eight years following graduation, he toured the world with the famous Canadian opera soprano Emma Albani. In 1909, Wood married soprano Dorothy Court, whom he had met while they were both students at the Royal College of Music, and from 1913 to 1925, along with their pianist, they performed in music halls across Britain. During this time, Wood wrote more than 260 popular songs, light orchestral pieces, concertos for violin, piano, and cello, and even a symphony. The BBC commissioned some of his compositions and often broadcast his music, and Wood conducted and recorded some of his own works. Hayden Wood died in London on March 11, 1959. In 1916, he composed his most popular song, Roses of Picardy, for his wife Dorothy. There are hundreds of recordings of it, but here's our old friend Ted Lewis with his talk-sing version. summertime and our roads may be far apart now but there's one rose that dies not in Picardy it's the rose that I keep in my heart Thank you. 
through the night and the little brown birds singing, singing in the hush of the darkness and the dew, singing in the hush of the darkness and the dew.
poet of the organ, the wizard of the Wurlitzer, Jesse Crawford, on the four-manual, 36-rank Wurlitzer in the Paramount Theater, Times Square, on May 6, 1929, with I Love to Hear You Singing, from Victor 22025. The Paramount Wurlitzer made its premiere on November 19, 1926, and was considered to be the company's masterpiece. It was sometimes referred to as the Crawford Special, since its voicing was directed by Jesse Crawford, who was chief organist of the Paramount from 1926 to 1933. Unfortunately, the Paramount Theater was demolished in the 60s, but thankfully, the organ was moved to the Century Two Convention Center in Wichita, Kansas, where it was reborn on December 9, 1972, and still thrills audiences to this day. Before Jesse Crawford was tenor Richard Tauber, in 1933 singing Royden Berry's lyric to Hayden Wood's tune, A Brown Bird Singing. Operatic tenor and actor Richard Tauber was born in Linz, Austria, on May 16, 1891, and in June of 1919 made the first of more than 720 recordings for the Parlophone and Odeon labels. Richard Tauber died of lung cancer in London on January 8, 1948. Ted Lewis got things started with his rendition of Roses of Picardy, recorded December 20, 1928, issued on Columbia 1789-D with the silver and black personalized Ted Lewis label. The words were written in 1916 by English lawyer, author, and lyricist Frederick Edward Weatherly, who also brought us The Holy City, Danny Boy, and hundreds of other songs. He's only been mentioned on the show a couple of times, but it's a safe bet he'll have his own birthday segment in October. I'm Glenn Robison. I don't believe it. Well, believe it or not, I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. Also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on Apple Music and all the major podcast directories. We all face struggles of one kind or another almost daily, and regardless of what it is, oh, I don't know, you could even be having, say, an identity crisis, to anyone struggling with anything, I offer my best wishes and this set of rapidly rotating records about struggles.
Oh, you gotta love the woodblocks on that recording of Struggling by Jimmy Bertrand's Washboard Wizards on Vocalion 1035, recorded in Chicago on May 29, 1926. Jimmy Bertrand on Washboard and Blocks, and Junie Cobb on Clarinet. Jimmy Blythe played piano, and I don't know how much he struggled with it, but Jimmy Blythe also wrote Struggling. Before that, recorded the very same day in the very same studio, we heard contralto Wilmer Davis with Gut Struggle, issued on Vocalion 1034. Gut Struggle was written by blues pianist George Washington Thomas, also known as Gut Bucket Thomas. I could find no information whatsoever about Wilmer Davis, and apparently she only recorded two sides, Gut Struggle and the flip side, Rest Your Hips. King Oliver and his orchestra didn't struggle at all getting things started with Struggle Buggy. Victor 23001 was recorded May 22, 1930. Struggle Buggy is 20s slang for an old beat-up car or any car when used as a place to conduct a little backseat boogie. What on earth are you talking about? Last segment was about struggles. And one of the struggles you could be having is an identity crisis. The idea of an identity crisis originated with developmental psychologist Eric Erickson, who didn't believe that the formation and growth of identity were confined just to adolescence, but that identity is something that shifts throughout life as people confront new challenges and have different experiences. I know I can certainly relate. So for this final segment of the show, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about identity, beginning with Gene Austin. Who am I to whisper a word of love? 
and hope you care for me.
here's a fun record. Herbert Berger and his Coronado Hotel Orchestra being heard for the first time on the show with Who's Who Are You? written by Jesse Greer. Not the Hotel Del Coronado on Coronado Island in San Diego, but the Coronado Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri, opened in 1925. It was very nearly demolished in the 1960s, but underwent a $40 million restoration around 1980 and is fortunately still with us. Victor 19977 was recorded in St. Louis on December 2, 1925. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Raymond Clodges and Abel Green. And I've made a note to put together a Herbert Berger segment. Before that, Ramona, with what the label of Victor 24384 describes as, quote, a special interpretation of who do you think you are. Ed Heyman wrote the words and Johnny Green the music. Johnny Green was at the piano on that recording, made August 14, 1933, issued on Victor 24384. We started off this identity segment with Gene Austin asking the musical question, Who am I? I find myself asking that question too. Gene recorded Who Am I several times, but we heard his August 19, 1931 recording issued on Perfect 15513. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) 